from Kurtco Media. Coming up on Life Done Better. So I say for this new year, snap out of it, break through this cycle, look up above your phone, smile at someone, maybe remember someone's name, but it's just the energy you put out into this world. Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill Young. The start of a new year invites new goals, and for many of us, body and health goals are on top of the list every year. However, New Year's resolutions are often not pursued any longer when March comes around. So what's in the way of getting long-lasting results? Well, our society has a short attention span, and we are addicted to quick results. When we put in time and energy working towards a goal and we don't see the desired results within a short period of time, we get discouraged and feel unmotivated, right? We need to work on our mindset and change the way we look at investing time into ourselves in the long run. And that's why I invited Emily Eckstein. Emily works for a fitness tech company, is a fitness trainer, and is the host of Fit Food Junkies podcast. Overcoming obstacles and improving one's mindset has been her signature approach. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I cannot wait to dive into mindset because you are the queen of mindset. I first want to, of course, ask you a personal question. Are you still coming up with your own excuses on why not to work out or why not to like do something that you actually really wanted to do and you set yourself as a big goal? That's a great question. You know, sometimes I do if I'm like, oh, I'm so sore or, oh, it's been a long week. But then I call it the after effect. I always know how much better I'm going to feel after. Like today, for example, I'm tired. I'm really sore, but it's Monday. And I'm like, if I don't start off my Monday with a workout, like this is how I start my week. So I think of how I'm going to feel after. So, and I always, you know, I locked it in, in my schedule kind of thing. So I can come up with a million excuses. So can everyone else, but it's just kind of keeping yourself accountable and putting in that action for it. So you do it anyways. And the one thing that, I, that you mentioned is you scheduled it in, right? So you already made time. So there's nothing else in the way other than your excuse. Yeah. Well, that's the best thing that I teach a lot of my clients too, is a lot of people say they don't have time to work out. And I say, you make time for what you want to make time for. If you were invited to a party tonight or whatever it is, like your favorite concert, you know, you would go right? Sometimes you have to do the things that you might not want to do, but if you schedule it into your calendar, almost like a work meeting, you're going to make it happen. Yeah. Cause you don't need to be motivated when it's scheduled in. You're just doing it. Cause I, I still have excuses. And the reason why I'm asking you, cause I often think, well, I already did enough or, you know, work, you know, like work as in behind a computer and I'm, you know, I was very productive, but Hey, I did not actually move yet, but I can still feel unmotivated or tired or just, you know, not feeling like doing it. It's laying a brick. And actually Will Smith says it really well. I just downloaded his new book. It's called Will. And he's talking about laying bricks. His father taught him to look at a goal as a wall. And so when we look at the wall, we're concerned about like how to build that wall, how to like make it perfect. And the, the father said, well, don't actually focus on the wall, lay a brick. 
We don't need to know what that wall looks like or when it's going to go up completely, when it's done. It's a work in progress. And if you're tired, lay a brick. If you don't feel good, lay a brick anyway. If you're happy, lay a brick. Like just Hmm. keep laying a brick. I love that analogy so much. And even more so, like you even said yourself, it is a progression. It's a journey, right? So it's almost like, yes, we all have goals we want to meet. But and we want to accomplish and crush, but it shouldn't just stop there. It's like, you know, I that's why I focus so much about mindset because I think a lot of the weight that maybe you want to lose is so much mental too. And by shedding that mental weight first, that physical will come with it. So, you know, it's all a progression and it all like it all comes together, that whole mind-body connection. So going off of your brick analogy, it's like, you know, maybe you have a goal to accomplish something mentally and maybe across it will affect something physically and maybe you'll get to that goal. It's like, that's why I don't believe in diet culture, right? Because it's like, okay, in 30 days, I'm going to lose this amount of weight. What happens on the 31st day? You are now going to go back to your old habits. So kind of like those bricks, you keep going and you keep progressing and you keep growing mentally and physically. And that's just how we grow as humans. Yeah. We got to keep showing up. And what other subjects come up for you when you think about shedding the weight in the mind before the weight comes off the body? I teach a mostly group exercise classes. Mm, Yeah. I love the group aspect. I think it's it's really empowering and motivating. And you will never hear me say, okay, now you earned a donut or do this for the six pack or whatever it is. I never talk about the physical aspect of it. Cause of course we're there. We want to look good. Everyone wants to look good. Everyone wants to look fit and in shape, but I've had people come up to me that told me I've gotten them through medical school. Someone else told me I got them through a death in their family. Someone told me I got them through depression in their life. And then from there, she's like, oh my God, I just lost 20 pounds. This one girl that was going through depression is just a small example. But first of all, it's so rewarding on my end to hear that. But it just goes to show you that I train people mentally. And that's what I focus and empower people on because if they're not dealing with that stuff in your head that is blocking you from progressing in every other form in your life, you're not going to be able to shed the other aspects like weight or toxicity in your life. It's so true. It so resonates. And it's there's a lot of pressure, especially for women, to look a certain way and to be in their best shape. Then there's this feeling of, I hate my body, I'm going to the gym. And that's another big mindset change and of perspective where you can say, you know what, my body may not look or feel the way I want it to be, but I actually go to the gym or do this workout because I love my body. I love myself. And you show up completely different because now it's not a punishment, it's a reward. And everyone that has been sick or injured before, you know how, how much you want to move your body when you're injured and sick and you are restricted. So it really, really is a blessing and a privilege to move your body. And so you don't have to beat it up. You don't have to go hard and crazy. Like you set your own goals. You set your own goals for your life. And I would love to talk a little bit about goal setting because the, the new year is kind of asking for new goals and there's this initial excitement. And I think goal setting is often where it goes wrong. And so let, let's talk about how to set realistic and measurable and goals that really can last the whole year and beyond. 
Yeah, I love this question. And going off of what you just said too, it's not just, oh, I have to move my body. It's I get to move my body. I have the ability to move my body today. When I was going through one of my cycling trainings, someone was there training and she was quadriplegic, no, paraplegic, sorry. And I was just like, when you see someone inspiring like that, working out next to you, or I remember that there was another day where I had my boot on and I was at the gym with a broken foot. And I was kind of like, you know, this, this is suboptimal. I'm at the gym and I have a boot on. I can't really do everything I want to. It's like, yeah, you showed up for yourself, but you're just like, damn, this is, this is unfortunate. And then I see someone come in. There was in college at the time, there was this one uh, football player who was actually blind and I saw him at the gym and I'm like, Okay. No excuses. (laughs) So I think in terms of goal setting, it's really important to have an inspiration. Like, of course you can think of yourself, but have someone that inspires you. Like, why are you setting this goal? Like I have a goal to lose 20 pounds. Like, first of all, come up with your why, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Is it because you just want to look good? Think of something more in depth. Like, yes, of course we want to all look good, but how do you want to feel? Maybe I want to feel confident. But think of the more in-depth mental parts of it, because I think that's something that's more powerful that's going to allow you to actually adhere to your goals. Mm -hmm. Number two is be specific. Let's say you want to lose 20 pounds. Number one, when do you want to do it by? And then consistency. What are you going to do? What's measurable every single day that you're going to do? And I don't mean measurable by counting your calories or anything like that. I mean measurable by I'm going to have maybe it's a morning routine that sets myself up for success every single day. And maybe it's incorporating meditation. It's like, whoa, meditation, what does that have to do with losing weight. Well, it does because if you set yourself your days up for success, that means you're going to eat more healthy throughout the day. That means you're going to get your workouts in. Are you putting in your workouts the night before? That's what I do every night. Every night before I go to bed, I plan my workouts just like I do with my work schedule. And I also make it fun too. It's like, let's say you have the goal as an example of losing 20 pounds. Well, instead of dreading going to the gym, maybe the gym's not for you. Maybe you love walking yoga, Pilates. Maybe you want to get into boxing. So I'm that kind of person where I will always be doing a different workout. You'll never see me doing the same kind of thing every day because I make fitness fun and something I look forward to. So I, I, the last part I would say is make your goal fun. It's like, yes, I'm yeah. going to lose this weight. What am I going to do a part of my daily routine that's going to make me excited? If it's running, if you're like, oh, I have to run every day and you hate running, don't run. You know, Think of, yes, you could push yourself and get out of your comfort zone, but you know, do something that you'll enjoy doing as you're progressing in your journey. All right. So let's sum it up. So the why is really important. It's got to be somewhat measurable, right? So do you know where you came from and where you're going? And connect it with something fun, like to have fun, to do something that you actually enjoy. Let's talk a little bit more about the why, because I think your example was really good. And you can peel the onion a little bit further when you talk about, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, why? Because I want to feel more confident. Now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you why again. Why do you want to be more confident? Maybe someone might say, well, I want to look better. Maybe I want to look better in public, but why? Well, I want to feel more fulfilled. Why? Well, I really want to get to the point of loving myself. Why? Because I want to feel worthy. You know, it gets into these really in-depth places and you say words that 
you never thought would come out. And I think that's something I personally have dealt with myself too. It's like, well, why? Well, do I think I am worthy? How do you want to be fulfilled? How do you want to feel? And then, yeah, it goes into loving yourself. Like we spoke about before. It's like, I think that's the number one thing is, especially as females, we struggle so hard to love ourselves. Everyone does. Will we ever a hundred percent get there? I don't know. Maybe some people do. I know I'm not a hundred percent there at all. How do we get there is asking ourselves the why getting to the root of the issue. And instead of hating on our bodies, learning to love and say, okay, maybe I'm not where I am physically yet, but thank you body for pushing yourself today in this really hard workout that I did. Yeah. So those, the why can really go deep. And so you may just grab a pen and paper and write down your initial goal and then go Mm -hmm. seven layers deep. So seven times you'll ask yourself why and see what comes out. And don't feel afraid to get vulnerable. It's literally you with you. You know, no one needs to see what you're writing or thinking. Be vulnerable and get deep within yourself because no one else needs to know this. It's it's like your own little secret. That's going to be kind of your breakthrough moment once you figure out your why to reaching your goals. Because that will be the drive, the mm-hmm. true motivation, right? That that you keep showing up every day. And I think that's very much part of loving yourself, becoming self-reliant. And building confidence is by showing yourself that you keep your promises. But don't over-promise yourself. Yeah. Don't go all out because we're in it for the long run, Right. Like think of it as a marathon and not as a 5k. I love that you mentioned that. And this is what I tell my clients and myself as well, too. It's that, you know, we're going to have a new year's resolution, an overarching year goal. Okay. That's a, that's a long time. So that's why I say, break it up into each month and have a monthly goal. And as what we talked about with those measurable goals, but kind of say what you want to accomplish each month in order to get to that large goal at the end. Because if you just say, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds at the end of the year. Well, how are you going to do that? So split it up into each month, maybe have one month be focused on meditation and walking another month, you know, focused on something totally different, like trying a new workout, little things, little by little that make you enjoy a healthy lifestyle and have it become routine. And then, yeah, just like what you said with the workouts, if you haven't worked out before, don't go from zero to a hundred, start little by little. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Emily Eckstein. On medicine, we're still practicing. Join Dr. Stephen Tabak and Bill Curtis for real conversations with the medical professionals who have their finger on the pulse of healthcare in the modern world. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Produced by Kurt Co. Media. We're back. I'm talking to fitness trainer, Emily Eckstein. So Emily, you your podcast is called Fit Food Junkies. Do you talk about food a lot or is it more of a title that is more of a broad title for health and wellness? It's a mix. I do talk a lot about food. I talk a lot about fitness. The junkie aspect is because my slogan is addicted to health and I feel kind of addicted to exercise in the best way. However, there's another side to it where of course I focus on mindset too, and a lot of entrepreneurships and fitness professionals, of course, but I would say the junkie part of it focuses on the mindset, but it also has to do with me. I actually used to be a junkie in terms of like 
being too addicted to fitness and exercise where it was unhealthy. So when I first got into fitness and I feel like a lot of other people can relate, whether you're trainers, models, or people just in the fitness industry, it could become a very toxic environment. When you first get into it, there's a lot of pressure to look physically good. And again, I've always been really focused on mindset, but I think it was hard getting into the fitness industry at a young age to have this image of wanting to look perfect, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, me having the image of being a trainer. I would be at the gym. It was unhealthy how long I was at the gym for when I first started, got into fitness. I was definitely depriving myself through food and I didn't have a healthy relationship with food. Again, it's a journey and I still struggle with that, of course, but it's something that I've grown so much in. And now I'm trying to find that balance with fitness, with food moderation, while still enjoying life and finding happiness in all of those aspects. So, you know, if you're struggling with any of those things, like that's the reason I call it junkie, because it's like you could become addicted in the best way possible. Not every day is going to, you feel like you nailed that goal, but it's failing and it's learning to get in a little bit uncomfortable and like learning that it's okay sometimes to do something that feels completely outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, the the extremes, you know, like if I do, I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people that work in extremes and whatever they do, there's hardly moderation. So when I coach them, I say, all right, I have a mission with you. We're going to find the extreme middle way. <laughs> yeah. And so I can relate to as a model because I have modeled for a long period of time and it was not so much with fitness because they told me not to actually exercise because I developed muscles and they did not want to see any muscle tone back then. Now it's celebrated back then not. And wow. so they, they said to most models, go work out and wear heels. And they said to me, don't work out and don't wear heels because I'm over six foot. And so they wanted to, you know, <laughs> make me look shorter. So it was really funny, uh, right? In retrospect, it is funny, but back then, you know, you take it real serious. It's your job. Right. So my disordered eating resulted in calorie counting. Yeah, me too. Always choosing the lightest thing on the menu, not feeding myself truly what I wanted to eat, but thinking I should be eating this, I should be doing that. And oh my goodness, I was always hungry. I was eating lots of diet products filled with chemicals and I was really lacking the knowledge. I think that's part of me not able to function better during that time was because I really didn't know. No one was sharing what we are all sharing now, like on podcasts and blogs. We are so much more knowledgeable about health and fitness. And we talk openly about our struggles. Back then there was no talking about it. We could see, you know, like abuse or extremities, real struggles, but we wouldn't really talk about or confront the person about it or have a conversation where now everyone is opening up and saying, or a lot of people do, right? Celebrities share about their mental health issues and it's freeing. We really need to know that we're all dealing with obstacles and turmoil and challenges that are beyond of what we can see, right? Everyone has, has been struggling. And I also know that you had a pretty rough time moving to Texas because you got hit by an eight teen wheeler. Can you talk about that? Yeah. You know, I think it goes even into this like junky food, fitness, that everything. I think that, you know, a lot, everything I do in my life was kind of 200% and I was never slowing down. I was go, 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 go. I 
still am struggling to sit still, (laughs) but it's, you know, always on the run kind of thing. And I didn't know kind of how to have any empty space in my life. Always everything, you know, how to be super busy. And anyway, long story short, I moved to Texas, to Austin. It was my third week and I got hit by an 18 wheeler on the highway. And the streets there are very different (laughs) than what I'm used to. Also, there's a lot of trucks in Texas and I'm in a teeny little car. And when the truck hit me, my car got launched across the highway. I hit a pickup truck and then I hit a the median on the highway. My car was completely totaled. I was bleeding all over my face. My nose was shattered. Uh, later, I had black and blue eyes, but that was it. And I'm so grateful that no one else got injured. And I'm so beyond lucky to be alive. And 100%, I mean, whatever you believe in, like, whether you're spiritual or not, when you go through something like that, there's no other answer that someone was watching over me or protecting me. Because if you saw my car and witnessed this accident, I blacked out. But from what people told me and after seeing my car, I don't know how you would survive this accident. And then what happened was I went in the ambulance at the hospital and the nurse that was taking care of me, he goes, oh, you got into a car accident. You're really lucky because I saw this accident also this morning and this huge 18-wheeler hit this little black car. And I really don't think that person made it at all. I was kind of praying on my way to work. That person did not make it. And I go, no, that was me. That was me in that car. And he's like, I don't think we're talking about the same accident. And we were. Wow, goosebumps. I know. And he goes you were meant to be here and someone was looking over you, watching over you. And keep in mind, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Texas on my way to this client far away. I didn't know anyone in Texas at the time, moved without knowing anyone. And I just feel super isolated and and alone. And then this stranger just tells me that I'm meant to be here and all these things. And right away, At the time, I was in a different job that I am now that I was very unfulfilled in. I was so unhappy in my job. And I I could have kind of, I could have died living my last day in a such a depressive state in the job that I had. And I was like, well, number one, I have to quit my job after this experience. But number two, it was the biggest wake-up call of my life because it was like, Emily, slow down. And I talked about this in one of my episodes too, that Oprah says this, that life will send you whispers and they'll start small. And if you're listening, think of has life sent you any whispers that you are ignoring? It could be anything. It could be so tiny because I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I ignored all those little whispers of life telling me to slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. And then this crash happens. And this was like basically the universe yelling, slow down. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. It was an empowered, powerful story. Um, But it kind of brings it into full circle. I created Fit Food Junkies before this accident happened. And then this happened. It was just like this whole circle of connecting the dots. Absolutely. Accidents can be wake up calls. And this is a good question. You know, you don't have to get into an accident uh, to actually answer this question. Please don't. Please don't. (laughs) If I had died today, would it feel like I lived my best life? Mm. It's a really loaded question. But if you can 
truly say yes, then you are not probably in need for a whole lot of change. But if you say, you know what? No, I actually would not feel happy, satisfied about the quality of my life. I, there was just, of course, there's always more to do. That's not like the actual question, but like currently what you've ex- have experienced or how you live your life, how you treat others around you, how your relationships are nourished, right? It's not just, you know, one or two things. It's a whole lot of questions that comes with living, are you living your best life? And if yeah. not, how can you change it? And if you don't believe that you can change it right now, how can you work with that? Do you have a good mindset trick to go from not believing to believing? I don't think you have to be a religious or even spiritual person to do that. I think it's, you know, a lot of it just believing in yourself And I think it's so easy to get into a rut. I mean, I was in such a rut after the accident. I'm like, how am I alive? You know, what, what just happened? I was in a trance and, and it's like, how did I bounce back? You know, how do people bounce back from trauma goes back to figuring out your why. And then also just kind of, you know, I'm like a spiritual religious person, but if you're not like that, then you have to have a reason for living, for breathing, for bringing energy into this world. Maybe that's just, it could be something so small, you know, like making people feel good or putting good energy out there or, you know, whatever it is, maybe you don't know what your passion is, like learning and discovering and trying new things every day that it's going to make you just put a smile on your face or adventures or there's so many things in life that you can touch up upon. Maybe it's outside of your comfort zone that make you believe in yourself. Maybe it's scary. Yeah, I I agree with that because you don't have to believe to do something. You don't have to feel motivated to do something. You don't, you know, don't, you don't need energy to start moving your body. You just move your body, right? Mm -hmm. Same. So yeah, we can go back to, even if you don't believe it yet, just keep moving forward. And also these whispers that come into your life and they can be a conversation with a stranger right? In the supermarket or a bird that lands in your yard and is super cute and keeps con- like kind of connecting with you or someone asks you for help. It could be so many ways where you feel like, oh, there is a, a connection with a stranger, with nature, mm-hmm. with that person that actually needs me. And so you start believing in uh, the higher purpose of life. And it, yeah, you don't need to be religion, but there is, I think the cool thing about life is to find out how you can bring joy by helping others. And then the joy comes back tenfold. So if we we think too much about ourselves constantly, like, of course, we want to set our own goals and invest in ourselves. But if we can give back in some way that gives us tremendous joy, then your happiness will increase exponentially. They've done so much research where they say, for example, to a classroom of students, you have $10 to spend, half of the classroom gets to spend $10 on themselves and the other half gets to spend $10 on another person. And after, you know, they all spend the money, the, the, the half of the class, all the students that spent money on others were really excited about that $10. The other people that spent it on themselves didn't really change their day very much. And so this is a really good thing to think about. Like, how can you make someone else better? How can you help someone improve their decision-making, their actions? Because what I so love about my journey as a health coach, fitness trainer, podcast host, that my experiences and everything that I share can help someone else make a better decision. 
can help someone else feel less alone. By being yourself, by showing up, you get to spread your light. And you know, you will hear from people, but not from everyone. But just knowing deep inside that what you're doing matters, I think is the seed of believing again. Oh, I love that. I just got the chills. Yeah. It's like, think about the energy you put out into this world. I think that goes back to finding your why, finding your purpose, believing in yourself. Cause it's so much about the, the energy that you put out to other people. My example, my mom, she's a first generation. She's from Mexico city. And when she first came into the States, she, you know, she was getting made fun of. She didn't know anyone. Her family started from nothing. And she has always taught me to be so nice to every single person, no matter if it's the bus boy or the trash, the trash guy, whatever, like whoever, whoever it is to always be nice to everyone. And I remember my mom would even say she will never forget her first friend in the States. And that person was so nice to her and she'll never forget how that person made her feel. And that's inspired me so much too. It's like, she even makes the effort, which I do too. If someone is serving us, like we will pay attention to their name specifically or to smile at them or look up from our phone. I'm that person in the elevator that starts talking (laughs) to people. It's just the energy. It's making people smile. And I think too many people now are looking down on their phones and they live their day every single day in the same exact cycle. And there's no excitement anymore. They're losing their purpose and they're losing their why. So I say for this new year, snap out of it, break through this cycle, look up above your phone, smile at someone, maybe remember someone's name. Maybe it's a stranger that you become friends with in an elevator, but it's just the energy you put out into this world. I, even when I had my black and blue eyes, this was a while after I was recovered and everything. But, you know, I even like went out with friends a while after one night and I had black and blue eyes and I was not looking to great, but like, it was also just not really caring what people think after going through something so horrific. It's, it really gives you a different perspective on life. And since then I've just had this just way about me where I don't care at all what people think of me. And I try to put out this really positive radiant energy out. And it's just, it's just having a different perspective and appreciation for life. That's a beautiful way to wrap up this episode. Think of life as a gift and a gift that keeps on giving. If you decide to keep pulling out what it has to offer and Emily and I are cheering you on. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Emily, thank you so much. You're a joy to talk to. How can people stay in touch with you? My Instagram's at fitfoodjunkies. And I also have a website, Fit Food Junkies. My podcast is Fit Food Junkies. Feel free to connect with me on social media, message me. I'd love to hear from you. Any tips, tricks, advice about your New Year's resolutions. I'd love to hear it all. Thanks so much to Emily Eckstein for joining me on the show today. It's a new year and you can be exactly who you want to be this year. Say hi to a stranger, radiate the energy you want to see back, and manifest the best version of yourself. Have a wonderful day, my friends, and I'll see you soon. Kurt Co. Media. Media for your mind.